Welcome to Trina Talk. Trina Talk is a weekly podcast that will inspire and empower women of all ages to strive for the impossible. Your host, Trina L. Martin from TrinaMartin.com is a motivational speaker, leader, and cybertech expert. Every week, Trina will share wisdom gained from her life experiences and lessons learned while pursuing her goals to inspire you to achieve the next level in your life. Now, your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello, welcome to Trina Talk. I am your host, Trina L. Martin, and this is episode 18. This week's guest is Sarah Williams. Sarah is the founder of Tough Girl Challenges. She is the host of Tough Girl Podcast, and she is just a woman who has strength and determination. She just does not stop. She has completed the Marathon the Sobs. She has hiked the Appalachian Trails and so many other things. So if you ever feel like you just don't have enough to keep going, I think this episode will inspire you. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to Trina Talk. How are you today? I am fabulous. Thank you so much for having me on. It's such a pleasure to speak with you. Oh, thank you for being here with me. Um, I'm very um, interested in your story. You are the founder of Tough Girl Challenges. Tell me about that. Well, I'm going I'm to give you a little bit of backstory as well of how I got into Tough Girl Challenges. So very, very normal. I followed the crowd, did school, did university. All my friends moved down to London. I moved down to London, got a graduate job. Started working in banking, did that for eight years, got to about 32, and I was like, this cannot be my life. Oh my goodness, I'm tired, I'm ill, I'm stressed out, I'm burnt out, I need to make a change in my life. So I ended up um, leaving my corporate job, going traveling for 18 months, and it was while I was traveling, I really started to think about what I wanted to do with my life, where did I want it to, what direction did I want it to go in? And for me, the things that inspired me were travel, adventure, challenge, motivating, inspiring women and girls. So I sort of put it all together and created Tough Girl Challenges, which is what that encompasses. So it's a podcast, it's a blog, it's a website, and it's this basically this massive resource for women who um, like doing physical challenges. They want to get fit, they want to get active, they want to travel, they want to explore, they want to push themselves to their limits and step outside their comfort zone. So I interview women, all ages, all backgrounds who've gone out there and done these incredible challenges, whether that is somebody who's sailed around the world, whether that's somebody who's climbed the highest mountain, they become a pro cyclist, or they swam um, across the English Channel, or you know, run ultra marathons or marathons, and it's all about promoting and sharing sharing their stories. Wow, that's very interesting. You're actually doing something similar that, like I'm doing with Trina Talk, but you're taking a different perspective on that. Um, yeah, like I'm very. So I was just going to say, like I, I, uh, I sort of, I felt as though, especially like women in sports and like fit, active women, um, don't really get the the exposure. Especially if you don't look a certain way, then you know people may not think that that, that women can go out there and climb these mountains or, or run these races. So it's great to be able to to share different stories and show the variety of women out there who who are doing all of this incredible stuff. Yes, I agree because. That is inspiration to me as well. It's not just what's going on in the boardroom that you can 
do better at and get inspired is, but these things that you're doing, because you're quite uh, adventurous yourself. I see that you do marathons, you hike. Tell me about some of the things you've done. Cause I mean, you just have a lot going on. Yeah. Well, I think because I'm out there and I go to like a lot of schools and talk to young women about challenging themselves and stepping outside their comfort zone that I can't just talk about it. I've actually got to, to show people that I'm also, you know, living this kind of lifestyle. So to launch Tough Girl Challenges, I thought, you know, what's going to take me outside of my comfort zone? What's going to scare me? What's going to give me these butterflies in my stomach? And I have run, you know, I've run marathons before. So that, you know, running 26.2 miles was in my comfort zone. I've run the London Marathon five times. But for me, it was like, well, how can I make it bigger? How can I make it scarier? And there's this race that I'd always heard about called the, uh, the Marathon de Sars, which is French for Marathon of the Sands. And it's held in Morocco every single year. The Discovery Channel named it as the world's toughest foot race. It's running six marathons in six days across the Sahara Desert while carrying everything you need on your backpack. And for me, when I heard about this race, I got those butterflies. I thought, you know, can I be, can I be fit enough? Can I be strong enough? Will I be mentally resilient and have enough grit and determination to actually, you know, enter the race and, com- and complete the race? And so that was my first big challenge, um, you know, running these six marathons, six days across the Sahara Desert. And um, it did test me. You know, there was a lot of high points, but an incredible amount of low points as well, where I was really started to, to doubt myself. You know, why am I doing this again? I've got my blisters are hurt, hurting my feet. The sun is beating down on me. I'm not sure I can, can finish it, especially there's one stage where you have to run 52 miles in a day. I'd never, ever sort of completed a distance like that. But I learned a huge amount from it. And then my challenges have gradually just become bigger and bigger and bigger. So in 2017, I hiked the Appalachian Trail, which is the, a, 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 it runs from Springer Mountain, Georgia, all the way up to Mount Catalan in Maine. It runs through 14 states. It's a, you know, most through hikers will spend five and a half, six months hiking it. It's 2,200 miles. And I thought, well, I've only got 100 days to do it in. Why don't I do it in 100 days? So that's what I, that's how I spent my summer in 2017 out on the Appalachian Trail, walking 22 miles per day every single day. So that was, you know, obviously a big physical challenge, a big mental challenge. But one of the things that I found from that experience was the emotional challenge of being out there every single day. Um, and so that that was that was that was challenging. I actually vlogged the whole experience as well because I think sometimes people can look at you, and especially through social media, they can see you completing something they can see you reaching the top of the mountain they can see you completing a race or they can look at your website and or look at you online and think oh it's easy for her to do and it can always just look too too glamorous and too perfect but I actually wanted to show people the real side of what it was like being out there on the trail every single day and say look it's not always sunshine and roses it's not always easy going you're going to have these obstacles you're going to have these tough days and it's about how you persevere it's how you carry on going even when you don't want to. So, um, yeah, there's a couple of big challenges. And as I was saying to you just before um, we got on the call, most recently I flew over to Vancouver in Canada and cycled down the Pacific Coast Highway. So just over 4,000 kilometers um, from Canada all the way down to Cabo in Mexico. And then I flew from Mexico. My brother lives in Australia, so I'm just currently in Australia during the incredible summer, just recuperating and letting my body recover for a couple of months before I'll be heading over to to India to do a month of yoga and uh, basically to help, yeah, help repair my body <laughs> from all, from all the abuse it's taken over the past couple of years. Oh my goodness! 
So yes, that's a lot of information. I'm just throwing at you, Dan. So sorry. <laughs> yes, that's a that's a lot. But while you're doing all these things, what kind of support system do you have now? Do you tr- do all this traveling and by yourself alone, and then you do these adventures alone, or do you have a traveling companion? So I do, I do do them all solo. So I do them solo and unsupported. Now for the Marathon de Saabs, that was a big race. There was about 1,200 competitors from all over the world. About 200 women do it um, out of about 1,000. So there's, there's other people around. When I did the Appalachian Trail, I, you know, I did that completely solo. Same with my bike trip. What I always find is that you're never really um, alone. You always meet people along the way. And I, you know, I'm very fortunate. I built up this community called the called the tough girl tribe of the women and the listeners and the patrons who support me so i was actually able to meet up with them as well while i was traveling which was really fabulous um but you know i sometimes i do struggle to find people who want to go and do stuff like this so not everybody wants to go run six marathons in six days across the Sahara desert or or speed hike fast pack you know 2200 miles in 100 days so um but i you know i i enjoy doing it i enjoy putting myself out there getting outside my comfort zone and you know, seeing what I'm made of and, and doing this, these, these challenging, um, adventurous sort of sports and activities. Wow. You're very inspiring to me because you're not sitting at home like some women and going, well, I can't do this unless I have someone with me. You got out there, you took the initiative and you're doing what you love to do. Was that hard for you to, to start doing that? So I think I was very, very fortunate because when I was 18, I actually went on a gap year. And um, so when I was 18, I was I was traveling through Southeast Asia, Australia, New Zealand. And initially, I did start traveling with a friend and, and halfway through, she had to go home. And so I then had the option, well, what do I do? So I'm currently in Thailand at this point. Do I, do I carry on the rest of this journey or do I go home? And I thought, well, why should I limit myself just because it's just me doing it? You know, I'm sensible. I can apply common sense. Um, you, you, I follow my gut instinct about my surroundings and, and where I am. I, you know, I do, I do apply a lot of common sense when I'm traveling. I do my research. I do my planning. I do my preparation. And I decided to carry on. And it, to be honest, it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it built what can, what I think is to build your own internal self confidence. Do you have people who will stand in front of a mirror? And say I'm confident I'm confident I'm confident and they'll say all these words which is great but actually it doesn't change who you are in, from the inside to actually make a change you've got to take action what so no matter what that is because once you've done something which you thought was outside your comfort zone and you've accomplished it that's when you start really believing in yourself and you really start knowing hold on I I did that when I was 18 I traveled through Thailand Malaysia Singapore Australia and New Zealand by myself so when I did start working um you know, in, in my in the in my corporate job, I did have this self confidence and self belief in myself, which you know a lot of other women did didn't have. And I think that's why I've been so inspired to try and give back and to encourage other women to to get out there to to challenge themselves because I can see how doing stuff and taking action can have knock on consequences to other areas of your life, um, and that can be an incredibly powerful thing. Wow! So. What I'm curious about, because you spent some time in corporate and you said when you were um, 18, you went and did some traveling. You had a, a friend that went with you, but you ultimately had to continue alone. 
Where did you get this confidence from? Was it something that your parents instilled in you or was it something that just developed over time and you finally said, I can do this and this is how I want my life to go? How does that come to be? You know, I think it definitely did start with my parents. Um, my mum particularly has always, always encouraged me and, and my dad as well. As in just saying, you can, you can do this. You can always do it. Whatever you put your mind to, you can go out and achieve. And I think what happens is confidence grows when you when you start doing little things. So whether it's doing, um, like, you know, standing up on stage or reading a poem out loud, whether it is traveling to your first, like, you know, I, my first, like, half marathon and then suddenly realizing, oh, okay, I've done it. And then it builds over time. So I didn't just go out straight away and, and run these big races and travel these big distances by myself. You know, I'm 30, 37. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to forget how, how old I am. You know, I'm 37 now. And so I've been doing this for, for a long time. And so it, it can build and it can grow. And you can get to that point where you think, well, actually, I can, I can do anything I set my mind to. Um, but you've just got to decide, it, decide what it is that you want to do. Do your planning. Do your research and actually start that's that's the problem some people get so overwhelmed that, and also sometimes you know that happens to me if I look at a big challenge overall or how am I going to cycle from Vancouver in Canada all the way down to Cabo in Mexico over 4,000 kilometers that's a big overwhelming goal in, and actually this is what happens with, with with women particularly they look at it and they start worrying about all the different details that actually it stops them from even taking the first step I think that's that's what I try and do through Tough Girl Challenges is to show them, is to show women, what well, this is where this is how I progress. So this is for me having the idea. What were the first steps that I took? How did I afford to pay for it? What uh, what were my biggest challenges? What were my biggest worries? What did I need to do in order to actually make this a reality? And then people can actually follow along the journey and be like, Oh, okay. So she didn't do it all at once. And oh, okay. So she just decided on her date. Oh, then she just booked her flight. Oh, that's how she handled the white situation. Oh, this is how she, um, she did that. I mean, there's, there's this great technique actually, which is very practical advice, which I'd love to share, which is called the what if list. So, you know, sometimes it'd be like, well, what if I run out of money? What if I run out of water? What if my bike gets stolen? What if I meet a bear? What if what if there's a stranger who's making me feel uncomfortable? What if I lose my baggage? And um, what you do is when you're in a nice, safe, comfortable environment, so you're sat at home, you get a piece of paper, you draw a line down the center on the left-hand side, you write down every single what if, every single fear that you know your parents or your friends or your family throw at you, like about traveling solo or doing an adventure, about you know what could what could happen. And then on the right-hand side, you go through that and you logically work through. So what would happen if I if I got my bike stolen? Okay, well, I'd obviously have to report it to the police. I can have insurance on it. Um, I could figure out how to buy a bike. I'd figure out how to borrow a bike. What happens if I, um, you know, for so example, ran out of water on the Appalachian Trail? Well, I can continue walking until I reach the next water source. I can ask a person on the trail for some more water. There's always ways of figuring it out. And that's not to say that doing that exercise, you'll, you'll, you'll go through every single problem um, and challenge that you'll face. But actually what it will do is it'll make you think in a very comfortable environment about how you would handle it. So if something like that does happen when you're out there, you've already sort of thought it through and you know that, oh, actually, that's not, that's not too big a deal. I can figure this out. I can work the problem. And, and by getting out there and actually doing it, that's how you're building your, your self-confidence. And I think it is something that grows. And, um, yeah, it, it's, yeah, 
definitely grow. Sorry, I went off a bit on a tangent there. <laughs> no, I mean, that is very good practical advice because like you're saying, most people, when you're doing that and then you encounter something and then you you get anxious and paranoid and you're overwhelmed and then you can't think. You don't know what to do. So, for example, with the bike, like you said, if you're somewhere and you get your bike stolen, most people would just freak out and go, okay, what do I do? I just had my bike stolen. Everything is over whatever I set out to do. I can't do it anymore because I've had this hurdle instead of having in their mind a plan to say, okay, this these are the steps that I would take and I can continue on my journey. Yep, exactly. So when you're doing all this traveling, because it seems like you've just traveled all over the world, are you traveling with your own bike and things like that? Or do you rent bikes when you get to the place where you're going? How does that work for you? So that is such a great question. So I actually I actually didn't have a bike um, before I did my bike trip. So I borrowed my dad's bike to train on and I trained a lot in the gym, but I couldn't actually um, afford to buy like a brand new spanking bike. So my plan was when I flew over to Vancouver is I would go to a secondhand bike shop rock up and basically find a bike that I could buy on the cheap you know I'm doing this on a massive budget I'm sorry when I say a massive a very small tight budget not a massive budget um and I remember you know rocking up to Vancouver going to visit the the bike shop and I've vlogged this so you can watch this on YouTube and I, and I walk in I'm like hi I'm Sarah I'm going to be cycling down the Pacific Coast Highway you know what bikes do you have and they're like how much do you want to spend and I was like nothing I don't you know what are the cheapest bikes and they started showing me all these flash fancy bikes and I was like what about those sort of rusted old bikes in the corner would they do the job and that's what I ended up buying you know the secondhand rusty 90s vintage G- CGI type bike I don't even know the technical specs of it um which was which was fantastic and that got me all the way down to California and then I was actually doing this sort of off-road section in Mexico. So I needed to borrow, borrow a different bike because I couldn't afford to buy one. So I actually borrowed a bike from a friend. So uh, one of my listeners from the Tough Girl Tribe knew what I was doing, sent me an email saying, hey, Sarah, look, I've got a bike here. It's, it's at my parents' house. You know, if, you, if you'd like to borrow it, you can totally borrow it. So um, I ended up borrowing that bike, ride that bike down to, down to Cabo in Mexico. I, I did have a few issues sending it back. So I was posting it back by DHL and... So I got to Mexico, got it all packed up, gave it to DHL, off you go DHL, do your job, and I could relax, then flew off to Australia. And then suddenly I thought, I haven't heard from them. Maybe you know, what's happening with the bike? And realized that the bike actually hadn't been returned, it'd been sent back to Mexico instead of being sent back to California. So now, oh, it was just a bit of a nightmare. So I'm currently trying to, I don't speak Spanish as well. So I'm having to call up DHL in Mexico. Um, there's like a 17-hour time difference from Australia. Explain to them I've got a UK mobile, but I'm in Australia and I rode a bike from from America and I need to post the bike back and they want wanting me to come back into to Mexico and I'm in Australia. So that's obviously quite stressful. And issues like this do come up and sometimes you've just got to learn. You've just got to you know, go through, work the problem. So I ended up you know, using the power of social media. I emailed the CEO trying to get this this bike sorted and now finally it, it is it is on its way it's being sent back to you know the person I borrowed it from um so things like that can be can be quite stressful so it's definitely I think the lesson from that is never never borrow equipment 
but sometimes I've had to. So for the Appalachian Trail, I couldn't, at one point, you know, I didn't have a tent. I couldn't afford a tent. Um, and I was thinking, because I had to do it very piecemeal, how I pay for stuff. So, you know, one month I'll make enough money and that'll pay for my flights. And the next month I'll make enough money, I'll pay for my insurance. And the next month I might buy a piece of equipment. So um, that's how I have to, that's how I afford to pay for things. I do it very, very gradually. And, um, uh, and so, you know, a friend reached out and said, you know, do you want to borrow a tent? So I've always been in a very fortunate position that, that people want to help you achieve your goals. So when you put it out there and you tell people, look, this is what I'm going to do, um, nine times out of 10, people want to help you and they want to support you. And if actually if people aren't, aren't helping you and aren't supporting you, then actually it's time to look at your friends and think, actually, who, hold on, who do I want to have in my life? Um, and I think if you put it out there, you know, every, or this is how I find it. I find that everybody wants to help. Or, and I, the kindness of strangers that I've received, you know, while I've been on the road has been amazing. Just people going out of their way to either give me accommodation, give me food, to to make sure that I'm uh, that I have everything I need has been, you know, absolutely incredible. You know, and that leads me to a question. So how how do you finance all your trips? Are you getting sponsors? How does that work? Because like you said, you're on a tight budget and I know all of these flights and entering these um, uh, events, it can't be cheap. So do you have a sponsor? How do you, how do you make it work for so, you? Yeah, so I don't actually have a sponsor. So how, have you heard of, have you heard of a website called Patreon? Yes. So Patreon is how I make my money. Patreon is basically, it allows individuals to donate between $2 and $25 or you know, however much they want every single month. And I now have over 200 patrons who support me and support the podcast. So that's one, that's one way of making income. But, you know, I also still work two part-time jobs. I do live with my parents at home. So I have a very minimalist lifestyle. You know, I, I don't really go out. I don't socialize. Um, when I'm, when I'm at home, I'm, I'm working and I'm either washing. I mean, I went from winning a national award. So I won the, the beer game changer, women's sporting trust, media initiative of the year award on the Friday night, on the Saturday morning, when I was back home, I was washing the dishes again in you know, the local cafe that I work at. So, um, uh, I do put in the, in the hours to make it happen. I'm very conscious of how much things are going to cost. So I, so I do have that goal target and I, and I work towards it. But generally, you know, what you'll find is the two excuses that people will give is I don't have the time and I don't have the money. And I use them as well. But I also do think at the same time, if it's a priority, if you want to make it happen, you can figure out a way. Whether that's, you know, I've sold, I sold like all my corporate dresses. You know, I sold them all on eBay. I got rid of like all my handbags, my shoes, et cetera. I kept one good handbag. That was it. Um, I do do um, odd jobs. I just... I, you know, I haven't been clothes shopping for I don't know how long. Um, I don't buy DVDs. You know, I don't buy CDs. I don't go out to concerts. And all my money goes on experiences. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to lie. It can be tough because I've gone from, you know, having a very well-paid job and, you know, a lovely lifestyle in London to suddenly being, you know, 37, moving back in with my parents, building a business up from scratch, um, not making any money, not making any uh, any income at all for two and a half years going into debt to produce the podcast content as you know it costs money to produce this and to have to host it and to host a website and to and all of this stuff it does add up but patreon has basically been incredible and totally changed uh, changed my life having these individual supporters 
just allows me to have this regular income, which is enough just for me to, for, for me to sort of travel, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It does. That's, that's very interesting. And, you know, I'm very inspired by you because like you said, you left corporate, you've moved in with your parents, you live very modestly, but at the end of the day, you're doing exactly what you love. Do you know, I, I really am. And, and sometimes I have to pinch myself because, you know, I, I, would, I was cycling along the Pacific Coast Highway, looking out over the Pacific Ocean with the waves crashing down and the, you know, the sun beating down. I was thinking, this is amazing. And yes, I'm, you know, I'm cycling for seven, eight hours a day and it's incredible. But you know, six, six, seven years ago, my life was in a completely different place. But because of the decisions that I've made and the actions that I've taken, I am now living a life that I haven't fallen into. I'm not just existing. I'm choosing where I spend my time, how I spend my time, who I spend my time with. And not to get too, you know, like, but I'm basically am living my best life. And that's not to say it is easy all the time because it's not. And this is something I'm very conscious of what I put out there. I know that people can look at the, the superficial level and see me going out and doing these challenges and having these great experiences and, and traveling. But equally at the same time, and, and you'll know this yourself from running your own business, I would still probably work 15, 16 hours a day on my business, you know, editing the podcast, editing the blog posts, editing the vlogs, doing social media, doing the marketing, doing the research. And there's a lot of work which goes on behind the scenes to make this happen. So when I go on big trips, I actually, my podcast still continues to run. Blog posts still continue to come out. And how I do that is I preload content. So I can preload three months worth of content. To, in order to give me a bit of space while I'm on the road traveling. And that in itself is a huge amount of work just, you know, to, to, to do your normal podcast and then to do double again. But I found for me that's what I have to do in order to make sure that my business continues to run while I am traveling. Yes, it, 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 I agree. It is a lot of work. And I, I'm right there with you. People don't realize that podcasting costs and it is work. So for that, I, I commend you because you're getting three months worth of content. That's a lot of work. That is a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a lot of work. And then to do that, to make sure it's scheduled and then you go out and travel, that's even more work. How do you keep yourself from just being overwhelmed? Because when you know you're planning an event that you have to travel, you know, it's going to be on X day. So, you know, okay, I have to have my content ready. I'm pretty sure at times I can get stressful with you doing the planning for both things. How do you keep yourself sane through it all? Just such a great question. It's something I've been really thinking about. Um, what I what I found is sometimes I can be looking around and thinking, right, I've got to edit all these vlogs, I've got to edit the podcast, I've got to write these blog posts, I've got to do you know, the, the to do list always goes on forever. And sometimes you can spend so much time thinking about all the different stuff you've got to do instead of actually doing it. And what works for me is just doing one thing. I pick one thing, I pick the most most urgent thing, I just do that and I focus on that. I try and switch off from social media to do it. But over the past I'd say four and a half years, I have I have shared so much of my life, um, you know, I've documented my journey of growing Tough Girl Challenges from, you know, the blog to the podcast, to the vlogs, etc. And actually, it's one of the reasons I'm going to India in, in March is to basically have a total detox. 
So my body's also been through a lot with the with the hiking, the cycling, the running. And um, so when I go to India, I'm going to have a month of a complete digital detox and so no social media, even though the podcast will be preloaded so they'll continue to come out. And all I'm going to do is yoga, eat vegan, vegetarian food, drink water and have this mind-body break. So the time I come back in April... I will be completely recharged and re-energized. That's that's basically my plan, and um, you, you know it, it can it can get overwhelming, and sometimes it's just a case of just picking one thing and and doing doing the best that you can, and that's all I keep trying to do is just try and do my best. I I am organized. I do have to do lists. I do have spreadsheets. I'm very clear on uh, on my mission, on my goal, what I need to do, and how I need to do it, and it's not a question of it being difficult to do it's just a question of getting it done as in every knows how to do what they need to do or that's sorry when you're in my my world of the podcasting blog you know I know how to edit the podcast I just got to go through and do it and then upload it and get everything scheduled and sometimes it just takes time and you've just got to start and get on with it and and be organized but also you know listen to your body I think this is a great thing about what I do now is I have this freedom in terms of, I don't set an alarm in the morning. You know, I wake up when I wake up. Um, if I need to sleep for 10 hours, I'll sleep for 10 hours. If, I, if I'm waking up at 6, I'm waking up at 6. That's fine as well. Um, and I'll get straight on to work. But then if I'm tired in the in the afternoon and need a power nap, I'm going to take a power nap. Or if it's like, actually, you know what? You need to go, go outside and get, get some fresh air. I'll go for a walk. Um, so there's no the only schedule I need to keep is, is my schedule. So I can work my life around me and what works best for me. Um, obviously you will always have appointments with other people, which you have to keep. But apart from that, my life is my own to decide how best to spend that time. Wow. That's, that's a beautiful thing. Now with your schedule, do you have a set schedule? Let's say, um, such as you're going to travel six months out the year, or do you just, plan as things come up that you want to do I just plan as things come up sometimes I'm better at it than others so back in November 2016 I was very aware of how I wanted my my 2017 year to look so I knew that um, I was going to be through the Appalachian Trail I knew I needed to finish in September because I was starting my master's in October and um, so by working backwards, I knew that the first sort of four months were going to be all about the podcast. Then I'd be through Hiking Appalachian Trail. Then I'd be starting my master's. And that was very, very clear. And then with 2018, I knew my master's would finish in August 2018. So therefore, I would be free from September onwards. So therefore, that's when I scheduled in my next big trip. And at the moment for 2019, I don't really have a schedule. I don't really have any plans. I'm very... I do like being planned and organized, but on the flip side, sometimes you've just got to see what happens and see what opportunities are going to, be, going to become available um, at a future date. And I think after after you do a big challenge, you can sometimes get the adventure blues and you just need to take some time to decompress and readjust and just think about, you know, hold on, what do I want to do next? Is this the direction I want to be going on? What's the next challenge going to be? Um and also get yourself mentally and physically ready to do it. So sometimes it's okay to, or I find it okay to take a break, take a couple of months off, and then just see what you know, see how I feel in April, basically. And um, yeah, just take it, take it from there. I do have a massive bucket list. There's so many things I want to go and do, and so many things I want to achieve. And especially when I speak to the incredible women on the podcast, and I hear about um, some of the challenges that they've done, I think 
oh, I'd love to go sail around the world or I'd love to go and hike the Pacific um, Coast Trail or the Continental Divide or then go and run the Tiaroa Trail in New Zealand um, or go and walk the Camino. There's, there's so many things out there that I'd love to do. And it's just finding out what's going to be a good fit for me, what's going to work well with my timeline, with how my body is, um, how, how my body's like coping uh, physically because sometimes I do pick up injuries, etc. Um, so sometimes it is going with the flow. Wow. Sometimes that is the best thing. Now, going back with like you mentioned about, you know, getting your body ready and healing your body. I would assume you have always been athletic. What has made you do things on this level that you're doing things on now? Yeah, so I've definitely always been quite sporty um, and quite active. So I played lacrosse at university and did rowing. Then when I did start my corporate job, all of that basically fell away. And I think when you're in your, your 20s, you don't necessarily realize it. Well, for me, it definitely became about the career. And you're suddenly working very long hours, you know, seven till seven, sometimes later. Um, and exercise just just became a, you know, didn't really happen for a number of years until I thought right something needs to change and that's when I started uh, training to do the London Marathon um, but it's just physically like I really I really enjoy doing doing challenges but what I found so for example is running London Marathon is I would start training in say January the London Marathon will be in April so it'll be four months of training four months of you know intense effort and then it's all over. Four and a half hours later on the day, it's done. Marathon de Sable, it was 18 months worth of training and it was over after a week. So what I found is that I wanted it to last longer. That's why some of my challenges now are like sort of three months, you know, the Appalachian Trail, uh, 100 days, because I just get so much enjoyment and so much pleasure from being out there and from having this purpose every day and from being fit and active every day. Um, that actually I'd rather the experience lasted longer than the training, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Wow. So how do you inspire or do you inspire other women as you're doing your traveling that you come across? Because I would imagine when you're meeting, because you said you've met people along the way, those people are similar to you as far as being driven and, and doing what they want to do as far as the adventures. Is there ever a time where you've come across someone's path that you had to inspire them and say, hey, you can complete this event. I've overcome XYZ challenge and you're giving someone some inspiration and support all, even though you're there doing the same thing that they're doing. Yeah, I... Uh, yes, I, I, I think it's more the words of the women on the podcast that I speak to, and, and when they share their stories, I think that's can you know their voices coming out, their message, what they're saying, and because all the women are different, and a lot of them talk about um, challenges they face, whether that's you know cancer, brain tumors, whether that's dealing with anxiety, talking about mental health, the other the other topics which come up quite a lot is is around fear. You know, fear of failure, fear of letting your your, your friends down, um, fear of being judged by other people, and so you know I do have my my own my own story, my own journey that I've been on. I know what works for me, but I'm a very driven, action orientated person, and not everybody is like that. So 
different people get motivation inspired in different ways. And I think that's why it's so important to have this wide range of women that I interview, you know, different ages, different backgrounds, different challenges, because there'll be stories which resonate with other individuals. And I, and I get emails all the time, you know, you know, because of you. But my one of my favorite ones, though, was, um, was Sarah, because of you, I've quit my job. And I was thinking, oh, my goodness, why have you quit your job? Like, I'm not sure I want to take responsibility for this. But then, you know, she went to detail. She said, you know, I've been doing this for, for so many years. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not happy. I haven't been happy for a while. But actually, I've decided I need to bite the bullet. I need to make a change. This is this is what I'm going to be doing. I've had other women who've written to me saying, you know, what? I haven't. I decided to actually. Well, I had this really bad day on one of my cycle, uh, my one of my cycle adventures where I was in the middle of the desert. My bike ended up breaking. Uh, the two guys who um, I was traveling this section with ended up leaving me in the desert. And I had to physically push my my bike out for like 12 miles through very mountainous, tough terrain. And I, I wrote this all down in this in this sort of blog post and shared it. And a girl emailed me saying, saying you know, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I've been really struggling with, with my depression at the moment. And I thought, you know, if Sarah can do that, then I can get out of bed today and have a shower. So sometimes it can just be you know, the, the little things that can make a difference. And, and to be honest, it's also somebody just believing in you, somebody saying, you can do it because sometimes there's so many people out there who who are scared or fearful and they and it can be your, your closest friend you know your friends and family who don't mean to but cannot maybe don't give you the support but if you've got somebody who believes in you and say look you can do this you can do it you just have to start that can be incredibly powerful and I think you know, for me, being able to believe in these women to be able to respond to their emails, respond to their messages and give them that encouragement or, you know, to recommend a certain episode that will be helpful for them, that can that can just change their perspective and change their and change their view and think, well, actually, OK, well, if she can do it, then I, you know, then then I can do it. How does that make you feel when you do get the emails from your listeners saying that you have inspired them? to achieve their next level in life how does that make make you feel inside oh it's 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 emotional like it really it it gets to you I mean I've I've had tears reading some you know some emails that people send to me and it's it, it's why you do what you do it's you know when people come up to you and say after I listened to that episode I went and did this you're just like oh my goodness like I've just had this direct impact um that, on your life and um no I love it it's, you know it's one of these it makes you it makes me feel good I get a massive sense of pleasure and enjoyment from it but then the thing that I'm also very conscious of is the knock-on consequences it's this ripple effect so this you know one I inspire one woman that one woman her family and her friends will see her go out and say she's gone out and done a 5k or run a half marathon went and run a marathon whatever it may be then her friends and family are going to be looking at her being inspired by her thinking, oh, wow, Susan or Sharon or Tracy or whatever has gone out and done that. Well, maybe I can try something. And then that woman will then inspire her friends and family. And you just you cause this ripple effect. I think that's why it's so important to get women's stories out there in the media so they can say, oh, hold on. Everybody doesn't look the same. Everyone doesn't have the same body shape. And actually, you, you, you can take up running in your 60s. You don't have to be an Olympian. You can be a, gra- you can be a grandmother. You can... You can be a, a young person, a middle-aged person. You can be a single mum. You can be a divorced mum. You can have children, not have children. There's no right or wrong way of doing it. And now I've got you know over 180 episodes of women doing these amazing, incredible challenges. And it's only going to 
increase and as you continue to as I continue to share their stories and it will just create this ripple effect it's about it's about showing or, or other women being able to see other women doing it because if you can see someone who looks like you doing it then you can then you start thinking well hold on if she can do it then I can do it and that's that's where that's where the change can happen and I, I, I feel incredibly privileged and honored to to be in this position where I have a platform and I can help to to motivate and inspire the next generation of women and girls. Wow, that's amazing because you are an inspiration. I'm just listening to you and you are really inspiring me and I, and I laugh because a lot of the things that you're saying are things that I say on my podcast and that I say to myself and it's just it's good to know that there's other women out there who want to inspire and lift women up because I think so many times we as women don't do that. But when you do find, because my thing is I want to use my voice to just, as you said, I've been through some things and I want to share that with other women so that they don't have to go through that. And if I can help one woman or inspire one woman, that's, that's what I'm doing this for. I mean, I definitely say for me working in a corporate environment, I found I didn't think it was that other women were that supportive. And possibly I wasn't that supportive because it is so cutthroat and there's so few women doing it. Um, but I sort of struggled in, in that sort of in, environment because it was a competition. Like, you know, when you work in banking, it is a competition. You're trying to hit your targets. You're trying to make the sales. You're trying to do what you need to do to be number one. and then. Now I've changed and I'm in this sort of like this adventure podcasting entrepreneurial world. What I found is it's, it's about collaboration. It's about women working together. It's, you know, it's being guests on, on other women's podcasts. It's about sharing different stories, it's about sharing these different voices. And actually it, it helps everybody to, to grow and develop and to, and to get women's voices and stories out there. And it's just incredibly powerful and everybody does have a voice and it's just making, just making it louder, which is, you know, um, podcasting is such an incredible platform to do that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you are on the same sheet of music that I'm on. I, <laughs> I totally agree. Now, I want to transition to you're getting your master's degree in women and gender studies. Yes. Well, yeah, go on. I'll let you ask the question. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say, I, the reason I wanted to do this was because I started to build up Tough Girl Challenges and I started to, you know, to build this platform and to create this resource for other women. And I just, and obviously with what's been happening in, in the world with, um, with you know, with, well, with Donald Trump and the Me Too movement and, you know, gender, gender equality and the pay gap and all of these different things. And I think I really wanted to learn more and understand how I can help. And so... I wanted to go back to university just so I could, I obviously do a lot of talking, but sometimes you need to be quiet and to listen and to learn and to really try and understand it. And that, that's me, that's what I needed to do for this, for the last year was to go out there and actually to, to sit down, to study, to actually think critically about what is happening, what, you know, what are my views? What are my thoughts? How can I, how can I help solve this, this problem? Um, and you know, it, it was, I mean, last year doing, doing the masters, working two part-time jobs, planning a big, um, big expedition, my big cycle challenge and doing, yeah, everything else I was doing. 
it was incredibly challenging, but it was also this great opportunity to connect with other women um, who feel strongly about it. It was a great opportunity for me to write my dissertation, which I wrote on women adventure and fear, and for me to really try and to dig down into into understanding more about um, about women who adventure. Uh, and I suppose one of the things I found is when when you listen to men talk about challenges and adventure, they'll talk about it as a very um, this is what we did. This is how we did it. So we went and climbed this mountain. This was the kit. Um, whereas for women, they'll talk a lot more about the internal journey. You know, this is these were the fears I was having. This this was the learning experience. This is how I overcame it. This was the journey for me. Um, and I think that's really really fascinating, just in how women communicate and just how men communicate as well. So yeah, so that's why that's why I did my did my masters. I just wanted this opportunity to study and to learn and to just increase my increase my knowledge. That is very interesting. And I never realized it. What you just said is how men will relate their experiences and how women relate theirs is is totally they communicate them from different aspects. Like you said, the woman is doing emotional where the guy is telling the actual tactical piece of, you know, this is how we did it. This is where we went, whereas a woman is telling more of how she feels and just the the emotional side. And and that's really that's really funny how, yeah, we're we're so different that way. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's definitely interesting. I even noticed it when I'm when I'm interviewed by um by by men for their for their podcasts and even like the type of questioning whereas whereas women when they interview I, I mean it's every everybody's different it, you know it's it's all good it's good to have this diversity um but it's just one of the things that I've noticed especially from you know speaking to the amount of women that I've spoken to the things that stand out for me or the common themes are generally things like fear um especially you know mental health mental resilience um grit determination focus having goals um the, this is also the you know the fear of judgment, the fear of not being loved, the fear of failure. Um, there's there's definitely common themes. Now, do you think that those are the common themes among women? Because that's kind of in our DNA inherently. That's who we are. We're the nurturers and the people who are planning the lives of either ourselves or family, children. Do you think that's why? Because it, it it goes beyond color barrier or social economics. It seems like every woman is just like that. You know, it's it's so it's so difficult to even say. Like I, I wouldn't even know how to even begin to answer that question. I, I just wouldn't know enough about it to I'm I'm still I'm still massively learning and this is the thing, it's such a big, massive topic. It's um yeah, I, I'd need to need to do more research. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, just, and I listened to several episodes of your podcast and it's amazing. Like you said, just the women that you speak with and their challenges and things that they've overcome and how they're getting out doing. And you're amazing as well. I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm so glad that you took time out to do this interview with me because I'm learning something that, I mean, I never knew anyone like you who just quit their corporate job and decided this is what I love to do. So I'm going to go.
go do it and who basically they're they're putting physical demands and goals on their bodies but you're actually achieving your goals you're going you're setting out to say okay I'm going to I'm going to run this marathon or hike whatever that may be and you're getting out and you're doing it do you know how many people just they want to do those things but like you said fear they don't do it yeah. Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you to say. Is is I I think more women need to see women like you, because even though it may not be to the level that you're doing something, it's just the the fact of knowing that I can do whatever it is I set out to do. I just have to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and it, you know, it, it does build, it does build, like the more that you set yourself these little goals, mini challenges, and the more that you complete them, the more it builds up your own confidence thinking, well, actually, if I set myself these challenges and I put in the work and I figure out how to do it, then actually what's to stop me from setting slightly larger goals and bigger challenges? And it will just continue to grow and, and along with your, along with your confidence, because actually what you'll have is you'll have all this evidence behind you saying, well, actually, I set myself that goal, and this is what I did to achieve it, and I went out and achieved it. So you can look and you can learn from the, from those experiences. Um, but equally, you know, exactly like you say, it's, it is about sharing these stories, showing other women out there, getting their voices heard, um, and it's it's inspiring. And that's all I hope it does. It, it makes somebody think about their life and really take that time to think. Hold on. What do I want to do? Not what my parents want, not what my friends expect of me, not what my peers, not what society expects of me, but what do I want to do? How do I want to spend my time? What is important to me? What is my what um what is my ultimate goal? What is the type of life that I want to be leading? What does success look like to me? And when you really know those answers to those questions, you start to know yourself and then everything that you're striving for is going to be coming from the right place. And it, it's it's then just a question of just going after it. And then actually, you're suddenly living your best life and you're living life on your terms. You're not existing. You're choosing, you're choosing the life uh, that you want to lead. Wow. Well said. And that, since you have said all of that, that's transitioning me into 10 questions that I ask every guest. And their questions just to get to know a little bit more about you, just kind of whatever comes to mind. They're not embarrassing or anything like that. So you have nothing to worry about. So I'm going to go into that. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm pumped. I'm excited. Yeah, let's do this. (laughs) Okay. What or who motivates you? Oh, what or who motivates me? Well, actually, do you know what? The first thing that came into my mind was Tony Robbins. I actually wanted it to be a woman who motivated me. So I'm a little, I'm disappointed in myself. But Tony Robbins, uh, incredible motivational speaker. He's got great books, you know, Awaken the Giant Within. I actually went and saw him live in London. I I can't remember the name of the, uh, the name of the event, but it was the one where you end up walking over burning coals. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so I ended up doing that. So I find Tony Robbins incredibly um, inspirational. And I've also Mel Robbins as well. Her five second rule that's incredible in terms of getting things done. Although five seconds is too long for me, I need to say three seconds 
So you haven't heard of, have you heard of Mel Robbins? I have actually, I've, I heard her speak. I went to um, a conference where she was speaking at, so I did get to see her live. So I, I oh, enjoyed fantastic. it. Yeah. Okay. So what demotivates you? What demotivates me? What demotivates me? Uh, what de- not being appreciated. Um, I think sometimes when you're really passionate about what you do and you know how much effort that you're putting into something and then uh, you, you know the value, you know the importance, you know why you're doing it. But sometimes, actually, you know, not getting not getting recognised for it, that can be really, really hard. And that's more to do with my ego than anything else. Um, when I I feel as I should be getting more recognition for the work that I'm doing, and so sometimes it can be demotivating to think I'm putting in all of this effort. Uh, why are why aren't more people listening? Why aren't more people listening to podcasts? Um, but then that doesn't last long because then I, I do, you know, bring it back. So sometimes I know that that's about ego and that's a lesson that I'm still learning to handle. Okay. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked for your good? Oh, well, the only thing I could think about is, um, so when I was, I mentioned briefly about being in the desert, doing this off-road section and being left in the desert by these, these two guys. And they were very aware that I vlog my trips and, but I don't, I don't create content. I just document my lifestyle. So I just share what's happening. And I think, uh, that's going to be a really interesting episode when it comes out on the vlog, because when I start out, I'm like, Oh, it's going to be fine. The guys will have waited for me at like an hour and a bit. Yes. They won't be able to fix my back rack, but at least they'll know what I'm doing. And then I'm still filming, you know, sort of four hours later and it's become apparent that they haven't waited for me. It's now going dark in the desert and actually they have just left me there. And then I'm thinking, well, you know, obviously this is a bit of a nightmare because I can't contact them, but this is actually going to be good footage because this is, this unfortunately, this is a real life situation. This is what happened to me. And I'm just continuing to film it as I went through those different emotions of thinking, oh, the guys have waited for me. No, they haven't waited for me. They have actually left me in the desert. Um, so yeah, I suppose that's the only thing I can really think of that, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll make, it'll make make a great vlog. I'm looking forward to that episode coming out. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to tune in for that one. What is your fear? Oh, fear, fear, fear of not being loved, fear of not finding a partner, uh, fear. Yeah. Fear of not being like finding like a special soulmate, a special person to have adventures with. Okay. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't? Is there a time I wish I had done something that I didn't? Uh, no, like nothing. No, I try not to. No, I can't even think of anything. What would I have? I normally take opportunities. I normally say yes to opportunities. Um, Yeah, I can't think of anything. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Is there a time that you wish you had not done something? Yes. So, so this, the big cycle ride that I did. So I cycled on the road, the Pacific coast highway from, from Vancouver down to San Diego. 
And then when in Mexico, there's an off-road section called the called the Baja Divide. And so I needed to get like a new bike for that section. It's off-road. It's very remote. Basically, I wish I hadn't attempted to do that at the same time because it basically just caused a lot of extra stress and anxiety. What I should have done is I should have kept my original bike that I rode and rode down the roads in Baja and not tried to do the off-road section. I tried to do too much because I needed two different bikes for this challenge. I needed two different bike setups and it just ended costing me a lot more money than I was expecting. There's also a lot more stress of, you know, when you borrowed someone's very expensive surly mountain bike and then it potentially being lost by DHL and then thinking, well, I'm obviously going to have to replace it. That's, I, in hindsight, I should have just ridden on the roads all the way down. But mm. that's, you know, that's a learning, that's a learning experience. That's, um, you know, that's feedback for me to take on board and um, to, for me to evaluate my next challenges. So there's lots of positives coming out of that. Okay. What is your definition of success? Freedom. So freedom of choice, financial freedom, freedom of movement, being able to live life on my terms. That's, that's success to me, being able to do what I want, when I want, with who I want, wherever I want. Okay. How do you recharge? Uh, how do I love having baths? I love mm -hmm. sleeping. I love spending time in bed. I love the sunshine. I love a good massage. Um, yeah, just that sort of stuff does it for me. Chilling, relaxing. Yeah, sleeping, massage, spending time in the sun, reading, watching some Netflix, not doing anything. I'm very, I, I'm, I'm very extreme. So I'm incredibly, incredibly lazy. Like, so I won't even like walk to the shops if it's like two minutes away, but I will obviously go walk like 2,200 miles in a hundred days. So like, I'm very extreme. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What are you awesome at? Talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I, I like talking and um, I do talk a lot, but equally I do, I do listen very, very intently, which some people may not necessarily know because they probably think I just talk too much, but do you know what? Um, it's how I communicate best. Um, I love the fact that I can speak to these incredible women and share their stories. Um, yeah, talking. Okay. What legacy do you want to leave? Oh, that's such a great question. I want to leave the biggest resource of, of for women about adventure, travel, and um, challenges such as Tough Girl Challenges so that you know, even in 10, 20 years time, somebody goes to the website and it's, you know, there's over a thousand interviews with about, you know, with a thousand adventurers. There's also, I will have followed certain adventurers throughout their career as well. So speaking to them when they were 21, first starting out, speaking to them when they were 23 after a big challenge, after 27, after 30, every couple of years, so that people can go back and think, oh my God, this is her journey. This is her story. This is how she started. I think that would, that's just going to be incredibly powerful to have this, this library, this resources of these women's voices and, and for there to be vlogs available and blog posts. So a big educational resource and be the leading expert in women and adventure. Um, that, that, would, that would be a great legacy. Okay. Well, before we leave, what is one motivational takeaway that you want to leave with the listeners? If it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. And what I mean by that is 
you've always got to be growing as a person or else you're stagnating and your comfort zone will end up getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So you've got to keep challenging yourself, keep pushing yourself. You've got to keep growing and developing. You've got to keep learning new skills. You've got to keep stepping outside of that comfort zone. Um, yeah, keep, keep growing and developing as a person. Just get better and better and better. All right, Sarah. So tell the listeners where they can find you, your social media platforms, your your podcast, your blog. Tell us all about that, where we can find you. So the best place to go is toughgirlchallenges.com. And on there, you can find more information about me, the Appalachian Trail, the Marathon of the Sobs, the, the big cycle challenge down Pacific Coast Highway. There's all of the links to the Tough Girl podcast. There's the Tough Girl blog. There's also links to my books, and that's at toughgirlchallenges.com. I am active on social media, most active on Instagram, especially Instagram stories at Tough Girl Challenges. So you can come and follow along and see what life is like for me on a daily basis. Uh, My stories sometimes prove hugely popular. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's fun for me to be able to share more behind the scenes, what what I get up to, um, how I prioritize, how I get things done, how I make sure that I'm really productive and not just busy all the time. I also share more about like my training or when I, especially when I'm training for a new challenge, but yeah, just come and check out toughgirlchallenges.com and yeah, take a browse, have a look through and hopefully there'll be a woman on there, which will motivate and inspire you. Well, Sarah, you have been very inspiring to me and I just want to say thank you again for taking time out of your very busy schedule to be here with me and do this interview. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. And you asked some awesome questions. I love the questions at the end. They were fantastic. Well, thank you. If you're looking for a speaker for your live event or conference, go to my website and read my bio and contact me at bit.ly forward slash booktrina. I hope you have a great week. Until then, remember, if you change your mindset, you'll change your life. Keep striving. Success is a journey not a destination. You can listen to Trina Talk anytime and anywhere. It's available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and all other places that you can listen to podcasts. If you like the podcast, please don't forget to go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, review, and share. If you have questions for me or need inspiration on how to go to the next level, tweet me directly at Trina L. Martin.